wait a minute, wait turn, a minute. On turn on the radio My homie got a new show and it's time to play it's it though play I it hope though, right. you got in tune, got he talking bigger business big He make a lot of moves Welcome to the Startup Showcase, I'm your host Scott Katoon Joining me on today's show, me It's gonna be a good show Ashley's gonna be hanging out cause she's she, It's just me and you that's how we're doing this. We're going back to the old ways. We're going to miss these guys. Are they coming back next week? Yeah, I think so. I think it was, uh, you know, it's holiday time. Right. So it's just like getting people, even investors take the day off, which I think is is kind of silly. Who takes Saturdays off? Saturday's a work day for me, right? And it's like Saturday midday. It's not like Saturday night when you have to go smooth some clients. And it's not even nice out. So yeah, we're going to have true. a good show. Uh, we've got a couple of things. I want to run through a couple of sports picks because that's just a fun thing and uh, Pete seemed to enjoy it last week, as did a couple of the people who tweeted it at me. Uh, some scores, so I'll do that. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about a Chicago-based company that IPO'd, uh, and another company similar, not similar in the process, but they also IPO'd, so big IPOs uh, in tech, pretty much the last IPOs in tech for the year. And then, of course, the Startup Showcase. Uh, we all have two companies calling in, looking forward to learning from them. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we've got the Lou and we've got Av- uh, Avrani. Uh, I do not know how to talk. Certain words, you put like two letters next to each other, and it's just, it's off to the races for me. Uh, also, I have to plug the podcast. If you're not listening to the podcast, you're missing out because uh, it's pretty much this without all of the commercials, and we get to go really in-depth, and then there's the whole, you know, I don't have to watch my language, and so we get a little bit more colorful, and the show is fun. Just follow Technori uh, at Spotify or, or look at the Technori podcast on any of the, wherever you listen to your podcast. And, of course, follow us at uh, at Technori or at Katoon on Twitter and all, all things social. I would love to hear from you. A lot of my friends have been tweeting at me about sports stuff. I would love for you to tweet at me about the show stuff, too. Uh, tech and investing is kind of the the hook here, so please do that. And, of course, you can call in if you uh, – we've got time today. So if you want to call in and, and just you know hassle me or something, it's uh, 312-981-7200. Let's get into the sports thing first because uh, the games start up – Basically tomorrow, I don't. Last time I did a bunch of basketball stuff. I'm not going to do basketball this day because there just aren't that many good games. Uh, Miami and Dallas is one to look at. Dallas is favored by about eight points. Miami just lost at home uh, last night to the Lakers, so there's that. But Jimmy Butler and the team are playing really well, so it's like a Jimmy Butler hustle versus Luka Doncic. Love Luka Doncic, as I said last week. I'm, I'm watching. Anytime you have a chance to watch Luka play for Dallas, it's worth watching. He's now already like one of the three players in the league that are worth watching. So. I, I don't know what to put. If I had to put money on it, I don't know where to put it. I think, for me, I'm going to go and say that Miami pulls that game out despite the uh, the eight-point advantage for Dallas simply because I think Jimmy Butler faces up against Luka and it's going to be a tough challenge for him. But regardless, uh, Luka can throw points at the board like nobody else. So let's talk football real quick here and then we'll move on. Uh, the two games that I'm looking at, there's kind of a flip them. Uh, you've got the Pittsburgh game versus Buffalo. Buffalo is like... Everybody says this, but I'm just going to say it again. They are like a, a terrible good team. They they have not beat anyone of any substance, and it's a one point flip on on who wins the game. I believe Pittsburgh is favored to win by a point, which means nothing. I think Pittsburgh wins the game. I I, I think that they've got like a nice little run going. I think Buffalo is just not really actually good, and so playing against a team that's that's driven to make the playoffs I think is is always a challenge towards this time of the season so if I had to do a coin flip on that one I'm going there the two games I'm actually watching one in particular I like 
Tennessee and Houston. Tennessee's favorite to win by three. I think they win by more than that. I think they win by a touchdown plus. Uh, Tannehill, the QB, has been kind of like slowly having a, a, a ridiculous season. I mean, I, th- I think if you looked at it, he would actually be, if he were not the quarterback of Tennessee, he would be in the MVP race. He's not going to win it. Lamar is insane and on another level, but he would get some votes. I'm telling you, if he wasn't in Tennessee. And then, of course, Derrick Henry just you know, is running over everybody. They're on a, a huge win streak. They're, they're playing at their absolute best. So I actually like them over Houston uh, even more than the spread of three. And, of course, all of you here in Chicago want to know about the Bears. Uh, Packers are favored, as you probably heard in the news break there. I think Chicago pulls it off. I think you've got the defense starting to come intact. I do not like Mitchell Trubisky at all in any way. Uh, but I also think that Green Bay is kind of like Buffalo. That's like the worst 10-3 and team I've ever seen in my life. So if somebody said, Scott, you have to take $100 out of uh, your pocket, not my pocket, because I already that money's gone. Jen took that money from me. Um, I would put my money on Chicago, even though they haven't won since 2015, which I actually was at that game for uh, Greater Head, which is a product that we did a long time ago. Uh, so anyway, I think that that is a, a sneak pick. Uh, that's my picks for the one uh, for the games coming up here. I I tell you this one because even though the show's called the Startup Showcase, we talk about you know basically betting. You're investing in companies. You're picking odds. You're you're looking at market trends and making decisions. And so to me, I think it's a, it's a logical thing. Plus a lot of my younger friends are really getting into putting their money into different things from gambling to crypto, to investing, to investing in startups, by equity crowdfunding. So I think it is particularly of interest. And then there's this other thing, which this is the media nerd in me. And I, I don't know if this is the case for you. Call, I actually would love you to tweet or DM me at Katoon or call in. Um, if you have commentary on this, because Am I the only one who just doesn't care anymore about watching the sports matches? Like, I, I'm bored. Like, the NBA has been dealing with this for a while that the regular season feels meaningless. And so watching regular games is just not there. I love baseball, but it's too long. And fantasy baseball is just way too, I mean, that's homework. That's way too much. Um, so like, it's, I don't know if you, if you have to bet on it. The last, you know, the previous station had here Jimmy DeCastro a couple years ago. He's all into betting. If you talk to him, he's like, you got to bet on everything. I'm not saying that, but I do think that like knowing the odds and like actually having a rooting interest in it is making it more interesting for me. If it's if it's that way for you, I'd love to hear from you because I I would I I don't know all the numbers right now on on the NFL. I know that it is up from last year, which was way down because of the whole Kaepernick thing and a whole bunch of stuff. But I I just think that the viewing experience of the NFL. It's doing so well because fantasy football is so easy. And you can, I mean, most people are playing in a fantasy league or a pool, so they're, they're kind of betting even though they're not on an individualized basis. Although FanDuel, of course, is, is, you know, putting everyone in play. The basketball, to me, I don't think I can watch a single game, and the Bulls certainly do not help. They are just atrocious. But I, I do feel like if I do like league pass and I put like six or seven games on, sort of like red zone, I will watch all of the games in little pieces so long as I have a rooting interest or like some reason to watch. And it's not just about the money. Sometimes it's just like you tell your, like, listen, I'm on a live radio show and I just told you who I think is going to win. So now if they don't win, which by the way, last week I went six and one, I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm not sorry, Pete. I lost the, the Knicks one doesn't count. So let's make that technically five and two, but the Knicks doesn't count because who bets on the Knicks? Um, but I, I really do think that it makes the game more interesting. And so as a as a media consumer, uh, I think one of the things that makes it fun for me to watch business shows and different things is there's like an immediacy to it. 
you know, the stock is going to be predicted. They're they're telling you what's going to happen, and then immediately I get it. It's real time, and I can I have it impacts me. And right now the games they're just not impacting me. So that is my uh, my picks for sports. I'm going to come back after this quick break here, and then I want to talk about IPOs because. There's like a serious lesson here. One of the companies here in, in Chicago has been on my podcast. You can listen to the CEO of Sprout Social, Justin Howard, on the Technory podcast. He's a good buddy of mine. Just IPO'd. Company raised $150 million at an $815 million valuation. And that's cool. And there's some things that may, could have made it bigger and better, but then also maybe show that like being responsible is good. So I don't know. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back after this. We're back with the Startup Showcase. Ashley, i got to ask you. We're on the show right now. I'm going to make it quick. Do you do you lobby to change the name of the show if it's if it's like we're talking about everything? Well, what would you call it? The everything showcase. <laughs> yeah, I'd be the best <laughs> brand manager of all time. No, I think the startup showcase is com- is a major component at the back of the show. We have these call-ins that's unique, but I want to like expand it out because we've had like I keep asking every every week I'm on to people to tweet, and I've been getting. A, I mean, I got like 15 DMs last last week saying basically like I really like the sports part and I was like I was thinking about it. I was like what is it and in the end I think I think I, f- I settled on the random total random story I have DM friends now with Patrick Schwarzenegger on Instagram so we've been really? going yeah so we've been going back and forth and I was talking about this idea of like building the place to go if you want to put money in play whether it's investing or it's you know acquiring stuff or it's betting on sports or it's buying crypto this is where you go to hear like from the, the people who do that. Right. So yeah, because the Startup Showcase is kind of like your segment, the back half segment. Yeah, it is. Hmm. But like, I don't know. You got to find a catchy little uh I think you just. I, I think title. it's like you just the Scott Coon show, and then there's the startup showcases a portion. Listen, I'm get, This is an interactive show for you out there. You tell me what do you want me to call this show, and we'll <laughs> keep going. It's life. Life is interactive. You got to keep building. So that's what we're doing. All right. I want to wrap up uh, this part of the show, which is maybe each segment has its own name of the show. What I want to wrap this up on is talking about the IPOs, the, the probably I would think the last big tech IPOs of the year, which we've had a lot of them, some more successful than others, really none of them successful. Uh, locally, I mentioned it already, uh, Sprout Social. They raised $150 million at about a little over $800 million valuation. Fantastic. Love it. Justin's awesome. Company's awesome. I actually think it's an incredible attest to their ability to operate a company when you consider that when they launched, you know, two factors. When they launched, social media was all the rage, and there was Hootsuite and just a million tools that came out, and they just sort of plugged along. And I'm a user. I actually love it. I've used Buffer, Hootsuite, all of these social media management tools, and I don't like them. Sprout, I like because it gives me only what I want and it, it makes it easy for me to post and tag stuff and that's what it's supposed to be. And they've done a fantastic job acquiring companies to build revenue, which speaking of which is the number two here, $100 million in revenue, about 30% growth month over month, year over year. And that's good, but it doesn't like make people go nuts um, both in Silicon Valley and, and here and the markets. And, and that showed in the sense that Bill.com, which for any of you out there, if you've ever paid or gotten paid on Bill.com, Bill.com set their price originally at about nine, well, originally like 16, 17 bucks. Then it was 19 to 20. They ended up doing a, a, a little above $22 a share. They raised about 216 million at a $1.6 billion valuation. Here's the kicker though. They're not profitable. Now, unlike the WeWorks of the world who are just like grossly not profitable, billions of dollars not profitable, they're just not profitable in the millions, which sounds ridiculous, but bear with me. Sprout Social is profitable. They made money. 
They made money, and they were not rewarded for that. You, you catch what I'm saying here? The other company is rewarded exponentially, I think, for their growth pace, which to, to look back year over year, uh, Q3, uh, Bill.com did $35 million in revenue, about 56% uh, increase year over year. Q3 losses, $5.7 million, so not the end of the world. Uh, it was up from the year previous. What I'm getting at is the companies that are being rewarded are being rewarded for growth, but there's like a fine line, right? Because we talk about Uber and Peloton, and if, if you're a nerd like I am and you listen to like the free earnings calls, uh, well, they're not free because I threw a lot of money in them, so they're no longer free, but they would be free had I not. They got destroyed showing that the, like how we could, and Tesla's in this also, got destroyed when they show here's how we could be profitable if we wanted to be, but we're chasing growth because we know as technology leaders that unlike years past and decades and, and, and industries past, where you had the ability to sort of create, you know, they, they talk about if you're a business school person, uh, it's Porter's Five, there's this, this barrier to defense. is very valuable. How well can you stave off competition or can you eat them up and in the past there was a much higher wall built around good companies you had something special a person a a product a patent that couldn't really be toppled at least not immediately and now with tech it really is sales and brand recognition that's it like how much growth 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 that's all we care because i know that if i'm not growing an insane clip i'm gonna get eaten up and so, in a lot of ways, I look at the, the investment opportunities with Tesla, and I look at what's going on uh, with Uber in particular, and I look at what's going on with Peloton, save for the crazy commercial garbage. They are losing, in, different for each one of them, losing a ton of money. Hand over fist, they're losing money in some cases. Other cases that, like Tesla shows here, we'll be profitable you know, in six quarters from now to show you we can, and then they go right back to pouring money out the window. Cybertruck is on its way. Um, and then you look at like bill.com, which is, 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 I would say doing it in a very responsible manner, but they are definitely pursuing growth over revenue, just not, or, you know, just not insanely and they're being rewarded. And so I think the, the little nod here for, as we roll into 2020 and we start looking at what will have to be an eventual recession is the companies, the CEOs of these companies, I'm talking to you. And the investors, you need to be shrewd and understand that like there's a certain type of growth pursuit that's worth more than not. The CEOs need to understand that they have to find, and I'm sure there's a math equation out there to help them, they have to find the proper mix between growth, pursuing growth and brand expansion and market expansion and acquisition of new product lines and profitability. You've got to be able to show it so that investors can see that you can be profitable and not too far off. But you have to absolutely show that the money that you're, the, the growth expansion you have is insane. And it, that sounds a lot easier than said than done. Because the reality here is striking a huge balance is very difficult. And the end game here for Sprout Social is a Chicago type company. Slow growth, 30% growth, rewarded, good raise. They've actually only raised $110 million total. So, I mean, what they've done is incredible. But yet the investors wanted to see more. But if they had been losing some money, even $10 million a quarter lost, the investors would be mad. So, I don't know. That's just my two, my two cents on this. Um, we are going to go ahead and, and take our news break, and we're going to come back with the official startup showcase. Uh, we are waiting to see who hops in the elevator any minute here. I just want to wrap up on this thing here because um, we're, we were talking about 
um, Bill.com having a great debut. And then we were talking about, um, obviously, Sprout Social. And I just want to give you context because if you go behind the scenes here, uh, I was just, this literally just popped up on Twitter. Um, one of the companies that had gotten into the, the scooter game, not like Bird where you can rent them, but like they send them to you, raised a ton of money. And uh, they were on Y Combinator and spent through the entire bulk of the money. And this all they did was send you, and I'm sorry, they did not deliver any of the products. And they just kept spending through the money, which goes to show you how absolutely difficult it is to get a product off the ground when you spend all of your time trying to pursue growth and not actually build the business. So I, I just wanted to, to wrap things up by saying it is a very important kind of distinction that most of these CEOs need to come up with. And it looks to me like somebody has joined our little elevator. So we'll click that sound and see who comes out. Welcome to the Startup Showcase. Hi, Scott. My name is Rebecca Lima, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Baloo. Hi, Rebecca. How are you doing? So I'm going to have you go ahead and do the pitch right now. Cool. So Baloo is a B2B subscription service for workplaces. We deliver premium grooming and feminine hygiene products to enhance the workplace bathroom for women. The reality is, is that the modern workplace wasn't designed with women in mind, and frankly, companies are ill-equipped when it comes to women's health and wellness. That's why my co-founder and I created The Lou. We both come from the corporate world and experience this firsthand. Our mission is to empower women through personal care while creating more quality in the workplace. We've serviced over 8,000 women to date. We have a paid contract with WeWork. We're backed by a leading prop tech fund here in New York City called Metaprop. And we have a pilot with a large commercial landlord in New York City city that's the awesome okay so here's the deal i'm gonna throw cool. out some numbers here and we're gonna we're gonna talk through it so you've raised sixty thousand on republic so anyone listening per the usual you can invest in this yeah. company uh go to republic.co slash the dash lou um and go ahead and invest right now you've got about 160 investors or 75 76 days left so people can do that you should definitely do that i will tweet it out at Technoria or uh, at Katoon, you can find uh, a link to this and just go click on it and look through it. I want to go through the terms here a little bit and, and understand sort of the opportunity because I think that's the one area that we talk a lot about the companies, but we don't really get into the, the nitty-gritty. Right now, your deal terms offering a 10% discount, minimum of $100 mm-hmm. investment at a $5 million value cap. You identified yeah. all of the different things here uh, that you're participating in, pilots with WeWork and so forth. You've onboarded uh, companies. I want to know first... Why uh, Why the value cap? How, how did you come to your realization of like what you're worth today? Because I think a lot of people, coming off of our last conversation about uh, the companies that just went public, I think people are interested to know where you come up with this. So I'd love you to do that, and then yeah. I want to throw a little bit of something on top of that after that. So go ahead. Sure. Um, so we look at a few things. We look at um, definitely companies in our space. Uh, the subscription service is a huge market. Um, and we are looking at uh, similar valuation caps. But also, we just raised from a accelerator program, and we had a cap that was set for that. So now that we started onboarding new clients, we started um, you know, we've increased our partnerships, all these things. That's why we set it at $5 million because it was an increase from the last cap that we were running off of. So that's how we look at it, and we're very realistic and practical when it comes to that. So show me a little bit of how the revenue comes in. How do you scale this business? I think I have a general idea, but I'd love to know how do you, how do you view growth for your company? 
absolutely. So we are a subscription service. So we sell to large corporations, commercial properties, um, amenitized spaces like WeWork and Notel and things like that. Um, but this is actually more than just a subscription service. We eventually will monetize brands, and we actually are having these conversations now. Um, we've onboarded about 60 brand partners, and brands are very interested in this market because we are creating a new distribution channel for them, and they've never seen anything like it before. Um, you know, they've touched fitness facilities and maybe hotels, but never workspaces where um, women are going to the bathroom three to four times a day. So the line of sight of these products are getting are much higher and more exposure than they would traditionally get. On top of that, we see this business moving into multiple verticals where we not only just service workspaces, but we are in the fitness facilities. We are at the airports, the transportation centers, and eventually we see ourselves growing into our own spaces um, where we are building out these loose spaces in these urban environments. So that's how we see our growth and how we see scale and where we monetize. Okay, yeah, I, t- I totally. So this is going to sound kind of random, but um, recently, a company called. Well, first off, I want to say the Notel CEO was just on our podcast. He's awesome. Oh, They're amazing. growing yeah. so fast. Um, so yeah. I, I love that that partnership even more than perhaps WeWork, which we've been not talking about lately. But yeah, uh, no, but I, but I get it. So here's the thing: uh, another company that was on the show was called Coverwall. It just got acquired. It's an insurance marketing company. Got acquired for about 275 million. Uh, they haven't published it, but I, I my mental math said something like that. And that may seem random why I'm bringing this insurance company up, but actually, what you said to me struck me because insurance. You know, tech startups have been going through the roof the last like five years and and counting. We've got a couple here in Chicago with ClearCover that raised a ton of money because they Mm -hmm. created a distribution channel for traditional insurers that previously Mm -hmm. couldn't be couldn't be found. And so for for my my money, I look at this and I'm thinking, I get it. I can see big brands thinking like, how do like I'm trying to, to to pay my way into as many of these maintenance facilities groups as I can, but at the end of the day. The people who want to choose their toilet paper or tampons or whatever it is, they want to have the things that they use at home. And so, exactly, how do we exactly. do that? How do we deliver it? You're the you are the delivery mechanism for exactly. these brands. I totally get it. I absolutely totally exactly. get it. Exactly, and it's a flywheel effect. After that, you know, we build brand equity with the women inside of these organizations. They then see us. They see us in their fitness facilities. They see us at their airports. And then we then can eventually create our own products if we wanted to. We could, you know, the the possibilities are actually endless I, with this. I, because- actually, I agree with you. I think you, you can do all that. I actually think if you do, I mean, I, I preach just to all the founders we talk to and advise. Like, I, I really hope you're able to focus on, you know, call it the 100 brands that matter and yes. get them into as many mm-hmm. spaces as you can because I actually see, I mean, it depends on what you guys want to do and what your board does and so forth, but I, I actually see you guys getting acquired way before you get to the full scale. Because <laughs> this is like, it's a land, we're in a land grab space right now. The world yes. is consolidating, and so you're right there on it. I, I get it. I like it. Um, and and yes. just as a, and as a side, 
We wrote a piece, my uh, marketing manager Rachel wrote a piece on Technori some months ago about the struggle of being a woman in an office, and it had nothing to do with all the stuff, the Me Too stuff everyone's thinking of. It was just the fact that offices are freezing, and women yes. are like, what in the heck is, like, why? And that Why is, is this happening? Right? <laughs> And this is this extends into the to the bathroom, into the kitchen. There's so many things mm-hmm. that are just like built for dudes, and it's built yeah. by dudes for dudes. And it's like exactly half the workforce is and women. Like, what are we doing? Exactly, and we're seeing these astronomical spends on wellness programs and perks and all these things. And it's like spent on alcohol and free snacks, and all these things are amazing. But then we're seeing like game rooms and whatnot. Like women don't traditionally go to these things, you know, like we care about the tampon quality in our bathrooms. Like that's how we assess if we want to work there or if they, even if they like care about us. Right. Um, And then I also touching back on what you said as well, like we want high quality products. I'm not looking to like buy, I'm not looking to use suave products or even Tampax, like not no shade on them, but like, we're seeing all of these new CPG companies coming out, all these new brands that are coming out that are sustainable, clean, um, vegan products. And when we talk to, um, like, the facilities teams of these companies, they're like, sustainability is a huge, huge factor in yeah. the decisions that we make today. And I was like, perfect. We are sustainable. All the, uh, like, 80% of the products that we source are sustainably, are sustainably sourced and packaged. And we're providing full-size products. So it's less waste going into your, you know, into your garbage. So it's, I mean, it makes sense. Obviously, it makes sense for no, me. It, it does. <laughs> it, it does. It's a funny thing because I, I had tweeted about I went to visit some office recently. Uh, and this is probably TMI, but like I went into the office and I was like, you know, if I was applying for a job and let's say it was more or less a toss up between the money and like I kind of like the job or the people, I walk into the bathroom and I look at what mm-hmm. kind of toilet paper they have. Exactly. If the toilet paper sucks, I'm not working there because I think we know, you know why. That? You know, you know what's interesting. Um, apparently, there was a, like a study that came out to say that forty-three percent of candidates go into the bathroom and assess these things. I believe that forty-three percent. I believe. I was it. like, what? I don't like. I I really don't need to drink all. I mean, I don't mind drinking during the day, but I don't need to right? drink during right? the job. I I just want to know that like. I'm not going to like have to go buy like a balm for my bottom because the the toilet paper is yeah. garbage. Or, like the worst thing is the hand towel stuff. You go in there and it's just garbage. It's like this is it's I mean this is such a first world problem, but it's so true. And so I I, I like what you're doing. Uh best of luck to you. Where do people go to Thank learn you. more about you and and to invest in the company? Yeah, so you can go to republic.co forward slash the Lou. Um, the Lou is the dash Lou. The dash L-I-E-U. L-I-E-U. And if you want one for your office bathroom, then head to uh, com. We have a .com. So you can find us there. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you, Rebecca, so much. Uh, Best of luck. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, folks. We are going to uh, take one more commercial break here. We're going to come back with one more pitch, and then I'm going to give my little wrap-up on which one I think I want to throw some bucks at. So we'll be back after this. My favorite live read of all time. I Actually, like originally I was stumping on it, and I hated it. Now I love it, and you should too. Okay, who else is in the elevator? Let's see what we got here. Ready?
Welcome to the Startup Showcase. Hey, how's it going? I'm Justin. Good, Justin. Nice to meet you. Uh, okay, so uh, it is, is it Avrani? Is that am I pronouncing that right? Nailed it. Exactly. Nice. I'm rare to do that, but the two A's, I, I was <laughs> in with it. All right, so just to get some, some business out of the way, first go to republic.co slash Arvani. Arvani, sorry, A-A-V-R-A-N-I, and you can follow along. I will tweet all of this stuff out on all things Technorian at Katoon. Justin, take it away. Hey, guys. My name is Justin Silver, and I'm the co-founder of Avrani. We are a digitally native premium skincare company inspired by India's ancient beauty rituals. Uh, my co-founder, Rushi Roy, he's just our CEO, just got Forbes 30 Under 30, uh, and we are taking these powerful, all-natural, organic, uh, skincare rituals that she and her mom used to create uh, and have been created in India for hundreds and thousands of years. We've brought them to the U.S. in a modern, shelf-stable format, and we're selling them direct to consumer on our website at avrani.com. As you said, A-A-V-R-A-N-I. We've got a ton of great angel investors, um, as well as the student arms of uh, First Round Capital and General Catalyst. So it's been a wild ride, and I'm excited to be on the show. All right, cool. So I want to get some stuff out of the way here real quick. We've got, um, you have done well for yourself so far. You've got $373,000 raised, 45 days to go, almost 1,000 investors. Looks like the minimum investment is about $100, 20% discount on a $10 million value cap. I have to ask, because this is what we do. Uh, I want to also give a little shout out. You got the Wharton Social Impact Initiative as well. I, I'm a huge fan of Wharton. They produce a lot of great companies, many of which have pitched on the show. Um, okay, I need you to explain to me how business is running and how you're earning this $10 million value cap and what the opportunity is for those who would like to invest. Amazing. I mean, taking a quick step back, we could look at the industry as a whole. So we operate in the prestige skincare industry. Uh, my background was actually in prestige skincare. Uh, that's an ambulance flying that's by right. right now. That's that noise. They need some skincare. Uh, I, <laughs> I was an investor in a company uh, called, uh, uh, called Tatcha. And we saw them grow from just $3 million in revenue to over fifty. Uh, and then just this past summer, they were acquired uh, by Unilever for $500 million. So we're seeing, on average, 5 to 6x revenue multiples upon exit uh, for companies in our space. Okay. Uh, as far as Avrani goes, we've been growing rapidly year over year. We're on track to do a million in revenue this year. Um, and a lot of that growth has been uh, generated through our Instagram, through a great advertising program, through in-person pop-up events, uh, and Frankly, products that really work. We've got over 500 five-star reviews, which for a business our size is insane. And so it's been uh, it's been an incredible ride. I think uh, seeing how people use the products, uh, love them so much, and they're replacing products that were originally in their skincare routines, and then they're also adding new products to their skincare routines when it comes to Abrani. Uh, that is really what's helping us earn that valuation. And uh, we're going to continue to grow from here, and we're on track for $5 million in revenue for 2020. Okay. I'm going to take it from here because I, I, to provide some context, I, um, I like these products, to be totally honest with you. People would look at this and be like, uh, why is Scott talking about uh, skin? I mean, not that men can't use skincare products. They certainly do, and we'll use more, actually. Uh, I guess that goes into <laughs> my point. Uh, the market for this is growing exponentially. I see products like this fairly frequently. I see opportunities like this fairly frequently, and they all are just a little bit different. And I just want to say real quick the differences that I heard from you already. So the first difference is you led with the digital native, which is something you have to say to VCs because old white men don't get it. So you just, you just have to tell it to them. Right <laughs> the it, yes. It's just like, we're digitally native. 
Oh, oh, oh fancy. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to get that out of the way. I can tell from the, the base research that I did before the show that you understand how Instagram revenue works. And it's gigantic, and the opportunity is gigantic. We've invested in a handful of companies, one of which exited uh, not that long ago, um, who literally was around for like 12 months. And they're still around. Now they're, they're crushing it. But they were around for like 12 months just like really doing well on Instagram and knew how to Absolutely. invest in the right influencers. That's part one. So like already I'm in so far. The next thing is the skincare piece. Skincare, people who don't know would be like, oh my God, is it not already sa- like saturated? Is there not a million things out there already? You go to Walgreens, there's stuff on every corner. True, but not true because the millennial and the future user of skincare products, men, which make up another half of, of, the, of the world that, that are not marketed the world. to, they're not marketed <laughs> exactly. to um, do not want to buy stuff that is not either vegan or healthier or cleaner or sustainable or green or blah, 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 name your cool buzzword. They don't want it. And so when you say that to me and I walk into Walgreens, I see three products that fit my build and I see 42 products that I will never, ever use. They do not speak to me and they're not what I do. So actually the market is wide open. And then the third piece of this that I find really, really interesting. I don't want to go too far down this slide here, but I'm just going to say this. The, the oil, the crazy oil people, like, say what you will about it. I'm not going to, I mean, I clearly by calling them crazy oil people, you already know how I feel about it. But uh, side of that, the, are, the market and the, the way that they have exploded on the scene has been insane, which goes to say that people are looking for alternative methodologies. And in my experience, this goes from clothing manufacturing all the way down to food and anything you would use in between. People love things that are historically proven and have been used for decades or, or in your case, hundreds of years. And the, the Eastern uh, culture of a lot of different food additives and diets and ways of keeping healthier have proven to work and sell really, really well if packaged properly. So that's exactly right. I'm, I'm, I'm in this. I think I actually, I really like this. I think that there's, there's, this is one of those bets where it's like, um, it's not 50, 50 to you, but to me it's 50, 50. It's got to go or it, or it's not. But if it goes, I think you're looking at a winner, and you've got all the right pieces to make it go. So it's just a question of whether you guys can actually execute and you know thirty percent growth and you know eighty five percent growth in revenue year over year. Fantastic start! I hope you guys keep crushing it. Uh, we got to end out here, but if you could just tell people where they can go to buy the product first and where they can go to invest. Yeah, of course you can go and buy the product online at our website. It's avrani.com, and that's a a v as in Victor, r a n as in Nancy i.com make sure to follow us on instagram and facebook at avrani and then um you know you can make sure to go and invest uh take a look at our our video and you can see our ceo uh, speaking right to you at republic.co backslash avrani a-a-v-r-a-n-i awesome well i'll tell you what if things don't work out here you'll make an air traffic controller extraordinaire uh (laughs) justin i appreciate you taking the time uh and that's a wrap for us so we're going to go ahead and take it to commercial thank you guys for listening we'll see you next week